0: Spirit always has the first and last say. It is important to clear away any barriers that keep us from hearing and honoring our intuition. Intuition is an ancient indigenous technology. When we think of technology, we often think of the internet, gadgets, intelligence, physical inventions, innovation. Intuition is an inner technology. The root of the word tech means to weave, and it is tied to art crafting and fabric intuition allows us to quickly weave knowings and truths of the divine into our lives it is what connects the physical to the spiritual it is gentle yet potent you just know intuitive knowing speaks to us in countless ways because spirit is infinite all signs are intuitive people often don't realize how intuitive air energy is Air is mental, the psyche, which translates to breath and spirit. But the West has disconnected the mental from spirit, making us overthink how intuition works. In astrology, the air signs have water signs, ether and the spirit realm in their earth slash physical reality houses, representing their foot in two worlds on a day-to-day basis. All the air signs are bridges between opposites, differences in their own ways, Aquarius is an androgynous being carrying water and knowledge from higher realms to uplift the human collective, is connection, social energy, community. This is a small piece that um, Elmina Bell um, of Mulema Alchemy um, wrote about the age slash cycle of air. Um, specifically talking about intuition as an indigenous technology. Uh, Welcome back to another week of Imani Talks Astrology. I am your host, Imani, um, and I share this quote because Elmina is our guest on this week's episode. Um, Back in April, we partnered together to um, provide an offering in which we talked about this age of air um, and lots of the transits of uh, planets through air signs um, at the beginning of the year, um, and what it's meant to teach us about learning, knowledge, information sharing, relationship building, and community building, um, specifically in relation to accountability, cancel culture, um, and and other aspects of the uh, truth and reality of of building community and and living um, in harmony and coexisting. Um, with one another, I would definitely argue that <laughs> the Aquarius energy is like that annoying coexist sticker that we see on the back of people's car. Right? I hate that sticker um, because usually it is some <laughs> some do gooder yuppie who has that on the back of their car, and it's like, do you even realize? Like yes, the sentiment is correct, but do you realize how difficult and the gravity of having to coexist and relate with one another? And I think you all understand that. Um, so, this conversation that um, I had with Elmina was was definitely really amazing. I hope that you all um, enjoy this episode. Um, one of the things um, that she spoke to uh, about the age of air. Um, in a conversation that we had after talking, is that it is an age where mediation and relationship become our allies for embodied change we are seeking. Um, and so there is, I think, a lot of information about some of the 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 things that we must center when relating with one another. and and a lot of what Elmina talks about is spirit being the driving force behind relationship and what happens, what, potentialities exist when we're able to center that in the way that we relate to one another um, and how this age um, is really challenging us to do that and also how Saturn and Aquarius is challenging us to do that um, so I definitely would encourage you in you know in your reflections of this podcast and the notes that you take or whatever is kind of happening for you um, to examine one where, uh, Aquarius is in your chart, but also looking into, you know, your own personal Saturn as well, because it shows you where, you know, the the type of authority you possess um, based on the sign that it's in, but then also where that authority shows up um, and how it shows up um, is going to be colored by the house, as well as the aspects that are made to that Saturn as well, or Saturn is making to other planets in your chart. So that'll be a, a fun way, I think, to kind of examine it. Um, definitely, please, please, please check your uh, the description box. There's so much amazing information that was shared in this episode, um, and I hope you all enjoy it. And so with that being said, let's move into it. Hello, everyone. Um, welcome back to another week of Imani Talks Astrology. So this week, we have a guest, um, as you can see through the title of this, conversation, um, or this episode, Difficult Conversations, Community and Cancel Culture in the Age of Air. Um, this is revisiting um, a event discussion that me and astrologer Elmina Bell um, hosted together back in April. So we're revisiting that conversation now right on time um, during Mercury Retrograde. So I do want to introduce to you all Elmina.
1: Hello everybody, my name is Elmina Bell. I am an astrologer. I am a trauma-informed peer support facilitator and instructor. I do sound healing. I do, I wear a lot of hats, but basically what unifies my work is using um, indigenous lenses. Of my ancestors and indigenous lenses that are shared by, you know, indigenous peoples all over the world to help people heal, to help people find meaning and purpose, and also to help liberate people as we decolonize a lot of spaces and are looking for solutions to replace these systems that we are working to dismantle. So that's a bit about me. Um, I'm so bad at introductions, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. What else? I am a first-generation American born to Cameroonian parents, which is in Central Africa. I also have some Togolese roots as well, which is West Africa, and born and raised in Washington, D.C., and I now live in Tallahassee, which is North Florida, so... Um, I guess I can do land acknowledgement introductions since I'm trying to make that more part of my practice as indigenous okay. peoples would do. And so I would say that I hail from ancestrally in my bloodline, the indigenous Wovia people, Duala people, Bimbia people, Bakuri people in Southwest Cameroon and the Awe people and God people of um, Togo, Ghana, and Benin, and I was born on Piscataway, and Anacostans land, which is Washington, D.C., and I'm now living on Apalachee, Muscogee land, which is Tallahassee, North Florida. So, yeah, and that's also part of, um, I see it playing out in North Node, um, being in sidereal Taurus and having the eclipse cycles in Taurus and Scorpio relating to the land since Taurus is the first earth sign and connected to nature and i combine tropical and sidereal into my counseling astrology into natal astrology into combining astrology with mental health and also again like mundane astro stuff what is this doing to the the collective i like layering a lot of things i'm a holistic person so yeah that's a bit about me
0: cool thank you for sharing i and just to kind of acknowledge the the land that i'm on i don't know in detail my ancestral roots um i am the descendant of um enslaved africans i am guessing from west africa um i was born um on the land of the chesapeake um uh, indigenous people in what we have come to know as North Carolina, uh, not North Carolina, Norfolk, Virginia. Um, I was raised in the land of the Kumeyaay, um, which is now what we refer to as uh, San Diego County. Um, and I am currently residing in the land of the Manahawak, um in Northern Virginia, um, which actually is an Indigenous tribe that was um, uh did, ceased to exist um, in the 1700s, of course, because of uh, genocide and land stealing um, that was happening in the United States. Um, so that is where I, I reside. And I think wh- to, to kind of go back to, to what you were saying about your astrological perspective, um, uh, Elmina, which I think is in- incredibly um, important is, as you said, it is holistic um and a lot of the work that you do not only just you know I think we're in this time in which we're having all these conversations about like decolonizing astro um and from what I can see for the most part people tend to kind of loop in this is how white supremacy manifests in astrology rather than kind of unpacking reimagining um some of the ways that we can evolve astrology not to just Bring in the context of the time and space that we currently exist in, but also the other potentialities that can exist as well, right? Which I think kind of comes through in you talking about having a holistic approach, but also you integrating indigenous um, uh, cultural ways um, and community building practices and worldviews um, into the way that you, you navigate your astrological practice.
1: Mm-hmm yeah I've always been a solution oriented person you know I mean it could be my side real virgo rising let's solve a problem that's my immediate what' I'm, we need to we need to bring in a solution and not just talk about what's wrong you know yeah um let's try and amend this let's try and fix this uh, how can we improve what's going on you know right
0: yeah, and I think that that's a good segue into what we're here to talk about um I'll kind of start by framing what the age of air is, and then we can kind of get into the, the nuance of specific planets um, and planetary aspects and how they're playing a role in that immediately, um, but also being able to share some of our own experiences relating to community building um, and of course, cancel culture um, and, you know, trying to figure out these ways to, as they say, live in right relationship um, with one another. Um, I guess to, to start, so the, you know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, we moved into the, the age of Aquarius. That's not necessarily something I don't believe in, <laughs> but I'm like, I don't know. Um, but what we can say is, so we're currently existing in what's called an age of air. Um, We were previously in an age of Earth that I believe started in the 18, in 1802. Um, And so what is it that helps to create, um, create these, these ages, right? It's something we talked about back in December when we talked about the Great Conjunction. Um, Because the Great Conjunction is this initiator um, of these astrological ages what you'll see over a large period of time is that the great conjunctions will fall in a specific element, right? So the age of earth was because it was falling in the earth element. The age of air is named as such because the great conjunctions moving forward will be falling in the, um, in the element of air. Um, and it will be doing so until 2159. So well after... <laughs> Everyone who is listening to this podcast uh, you know, exists, um, we will be moving into, um, at least in this form, right, um, moving into a different um, age. Um, and so, Amina, how would you, you know, we're in an age of air. How would you describe the, the air element and like what are some of the things that kind of come to mind when you think of air?
1: Well, being an air sign myself in tropical inside real, and then also being an air rising inside real and in tropical, um, Libra, is what this is. Libra sun and rising. Um, um I've had to really experience in my day to day life how air works, you know. Um, and what I've noticed is that all the air signs have this relationship where they're in two worlds at once they are having to navigate this uh the spiritual realm and the physical realm and like hopping back and forth between the two and I noticed this when I look at the air signs and their houses and I think the houses the whole sign houses are great because it shows you the makeup of a sign and it, it kind of explains why a sign is the way it is and in the areas of life or the houses of life, the places of light that we associate with the material and with the physical, air signs have water signs in those places. And then in the areas of light that we would say are the more etheric or the more spiritual realms, air signs have earth, the physical in those places. And we can also see, you know. In the mythology, in the history of the way uh, earth, si- air signs are referred to as bridgers of worlds, with Mercury being and Gemini being first, um, you know, uh, messenger of the gods kind of thing. Um, and then we're seeing with Libra, it's like, how can I look at both sides of a situation and bring these two differences together and create harmony and balance. And then with the Aquarius. We're seeing um, a being coming from, you know, these higher realms to pour water, to pour knowledge onto the people and the humans on the earth. And so to me, that is showing um, Air's relationship to this idea of intuition, of just Mm. knowing something some people call it claircognizance. There's many forms intuition can show up. Sometimes it's clairsentience, sometimes it's whatever. But with the air, it's claircognizance, just knowing certain things. And a lot of times, um, intuition and the spiritual realm has been disconnected from the air element in modern times. Now the air element is intellect and logic and has to be rational. And now we're seeing people claim that things that are intuition or spirit-based are irrational. And this is part of, you know, the way in which astrology in the Western world has been overtaken by um, capitalist constructs, uh, constructs that are disconnected from spirit. Um, And I see the age of air as a reclamation of intuition as indigenous technology and reclamation of indigenous law knowledge and information because air signs are also about information getting words out getting messages out so i think that we can look back at our roots and we can find ways to um create space to honor our intuition and honor the things that we did just come up that we just know honor the questions that we ask you know um Thinking about the Gemini aspect of asking questions. All the air signs do this really. Like, you know, asking questions, curiosity that question came from a place and it came from spirit right came the mental space is connected with the spiritual space is connected with the emotional space and when people claim that air signs are being detached or they're in the head or whatever it's like we're in the spiritual realm and we're trying to be with you at the same time and where our (laughs) mind is navigating so many different topics at the same time we're still listening to you though we're still listening to you, though. People yeah. think air is just about, you know, talking, 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 information output, but we're also listening. It's just that the uh, the vastness of air, you can't pin it down, right? Makes right. it so that we're able to navigate so many things at the same time, which is why it's kind of hard for us, you know, to pin us down. So that's kind of like what i that was the first thing there's a lot of things i can say about the age of air which we'll say as we go throughout this but in terms of what was the first thing that came to my mind that was the first thing that came to my mind when we were having the great conjunction and the age of air was beginning yeah
0: and i think also one of the things that um comes to mind for me when you say that is you know when i think about air I think about relating um, and, it, and it of course kind of covers the, the various ways in which we can relate. We can relate to information, we can relate to thought processes and patterns that are happening in our minds but also that we're sharing with other people through like knowledge, teaching, learning, etc. Um, on a one-on-one basis whether it be platonic, romantic or otherwise right Libra and then also in terms of like community networks Um, larger kind of ideas around how we should, can like shape society. All of those things are, are modes and ways of relating. Mm -hmm. And I think relating and relationship in all of those forms is something that is largely taken for granted, you know, in, in the Western world and kind of framed as this thing that's supposed to be more about self-interest rather than collective interest. And when I think about, I don't know, like when I think about all of the earth signs, I think about like a a nervous system or like the nervous system in general, right? Where there's all of these individual nerves, right? That connect to, or individual neurons, right? Mm -hmm. That connect to to nerves, that connect to like your spine and your brain and are all kind of having this ongoing conversation and relationship with each other, right? Right. Even if, they're not necessarily directly connected, right? Like if you know you stub your toe, it's sending a signal to like neurons that, and to your brain. And those two pieces of you are not necessarily right next to each other, but they are interconnected through the system. And so like air in the way that it speaks of like relating also to me mirrors what you're saying about the spiritual because that's how that realm navigates, not necessarily in a way that we can unless you're like super in tune to that. And that's not necessarily in a way that we can perceive, like think about it. We can't see the, our nervous system doing its thing, but we know that it's a process and we know that it's something that's happening. And so like something about air makes me kind of think about that. One other thing that I'll say, you know, as we're identifying like what air looks like, and of course we're talking about it through the way that it's generative and the way that it's it's freeing, Right. But Mm -hmm. also I I thought a lot and especially in our initial conversation about like what are how does how does earth and air look in white supremacy in um greatly
1: distorted.
0: Greatly (laughs) distorted. Right. And so like I was talking about like when I'm just looking at my notes right now, but like when talking about the um the age of earth, you know, it was this age of discovery but also this age of like things becoming really institutionalized um you know what i mean making something stick
1: that's what institutions are supposed to do
0: right um and there being this kind of like rigidness um you know we can kind of look at it as being i guess in a way very like um making something real and making something tangible is important but with earth through this distorted perspective it's in a way in which there is no room for it to shift um or change grow or evolve in any type of way so there's this Mm -hmm. large resistance to change and transformation um that exists in that way and i think it's really weird to kind of be on this like cusp of like moving into this age of air having left this age of earth because i think we see especially like sociopolitically how like how like how deep people's heels are like dug into the ground to like keep things the same, even though we can see through the way that Mother Nature is moving, as well as the way that people are moving and waking and shifting and evolving, that that these kind of towers or, you know um, relics or or monuments that have been created, through this previous age are slowly crumbling, right? And it's like, are we going to tear them down ourselves or are they going to just, you know, think about a tower moment or are they going to be struck and destroyed, right? And so kind of like living on the the cusp of that. But then also with air, when we see this distortion around air is like relationship is centered around, you know, we can think about like the nuclear family. Um, we can think about Um, the way that our data and our information and our mental creations, in a sense, um, are being commodified and shared and and distributed. And so through this distorted perspective, relating information, knowledge and relationships are things to be exploited and used to make money rather than things to be life affirming um, and life sustaining, which I think at the core, all of the elements work in relationship to one another for that very kind of simple purpose
1: yeah and it's about whose life whose life are we sustaining or i mean stuff mm-hmm. is being sustained it's just yeah. about who's sustaining who are these connections for again Leah, mm-hmm. we've talked about the nuclear family stuff i've also talked about overemphasis on uh, romantic relationships as right, opposed right. to friendships and um you know family co-workers and blah 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 and um I want to go back to what you were saying about the neurons in the networks, because it also ties into um, what I shared in my Age of Air article about the etymology of the word technology. Mm -hmm. And so what I found about that is that the etymology of the word technology, which is often associated with air, but especially with Aquarius air, is um, it actually is connected to weaving. And to thread—that's um, what it actually means. It means to weave, and it's been it mean it also means art, crafting, and fabric. That's that that's the root of it. And intuition, I feel like, allows us to quickly weave the things that we know intuitively and truly about ourselves, and have them come out and have them be expressed and communicated. Um, and we're weaving the spiritual with the physical. That's what air does. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we even see this in in Twitter. We say, oh, it's a Twitter thread, right? Like, this is the thread, right? Like, the language is there. The things are there. Um, We just have to rethink what life is. You're like, these things aren't life-sustaining. They're life-sustaining for some people who think that that's okay. They're not life-sustaining for people with different mindsets or BIPOC people or pretz or marginalized people. Right. Right. So it's just like, who, and what are these things for? Who's the information for who are technological advancements for, you know, we still have kids who were struggling in the pandemic with, um, the, the virtual schooling because their parents couldn't afford internet in the house and like all these things. And it's just like, why is there such, um, and inaccessibility to information, to advancement, to mm. learning, and all these other things that are associated with air, you know, that's also another part of this that was, was coming to mind.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah, definitely. I think if we could kind of start by talking about a particular planet, I think this is a great time to talk a bit about Saturn um, mm-hmm. in Aquarius. So, Saturn it entered Aquarius. Um, sometime last December, and I believe it will be there until 2023, I believe. Um, look at me being a bad astrologer without having the <laughs> the actual dates. Um, hold on a second. It looks like it, yes, it will be there until March um, 7th, 2023. I was right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I think about Saturn and Aquarius, I think to kind of Bring this into you know what we were saying and and it kind of starting to frame this conversation from the macro into like some of the things that we individually and like collectively kind of contribute to. One of the main things that I've seen, um, or that I'm associating with with Saturn and Aquarius is this MLK, um, quote that I think people have heard me say before. Um, I think the first time that I looked at it was back at that you know, Leo full moon in Aquarius season, where it just was like, bam. Um, And it's our goal is to create a beloved community. And this will require a qualitative change in our souls, as well as a quantitative change in our lives. Um, And of course, while it is a very, I guess, in a way, not necessarily a happy-go-lucky kind of quote, I think it's it's one of those things that I, it's, it's a quote to me that when I look at it and then when I think about what it means, it, it, it captures the, um, how do I want to say this? Like the the process of like understanding what community even is. Because like that quote sounds really beautiful and it sounds like something that you would aspire to. But when you kind of think about this piece of like a qualitative change in our souls as well as a quantitative change in our lives that speaks to um, a deep transformation right especially when we're thinking about the type of work that Dr. King did um, around racism and eradicating white supremacy as well as capitalism and poverty and war you know what I mean so like these kind of like bigger ideals that you know he and many other um, people at that time um, in the civil rights movement had about what they hoped um, and expected the world to to be like one day. Um, yeah, they worked like, towards it.
1: They didn't just hope, like, they got out there and they did the thing. And unfortunately, many of them, not to sound like melancholy or whatever, were killed for that. And I think there was a reason for it. And I'm going to speak briefly now because you brought this up It's making me think about movement work and community mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that a problem that is happened is people over fixate on a leader or a couple of leaders. Yeah. And they depend on that person to do a lot of the heavy lifting. And then that person gets killed. And then the movement, you know, dissipates or if that person doesn't get killed maybe they get exiled to another country or they get they have to go to jail or whatever the case is the person is not there right right and i think that we need to expand what we call activism and movement work and different mm-hmm. movements to mean just community you know work and i see you know the grandma who cooks food for the activists when they're coming back from a protest as a movement worker. I see, you know, people who are caretakers as movement workers and activists in a way, and people don't really um, see it that way. And I think Deepa Ears' social change model that we've touched on in the last event is a Mm -hmm. good resource for people, and we'll send this stuff out, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm needing this to say that When we're thinking about revolution and activism, Aquarius is often associated with that. And so is Saturn because Saturn naturally rules Aquarius. And people often view Saturn in this one-sided way just through the earth part, which is Capricorn, which deals with the institutions of the past, which is where sometimes people find rigidity. Saturn, above all, is about, I think, enforcing... um, enforcing laws that make life sustainable here. And people Mm -hmm. might be like, what? But Saturn's the coldest planet and it's the furthest away and it deals with death. And I'm like, no, Saturn deals with time, Mm -hmm. okay? The past Capricorn and Aquarius and the future and the intersections of those in the present, how are you going to work to um, sustain yourself? And I say this because Saturn's provides the structures for the reality to exist. Right? Right. And one of the structures that we need for reality to exist here is laws that can tell to, that can keep us, you know, secure and stable. Saturn didn't deal with stability. And you know, air, Aquarius is air, but it's fixed air. So there is a stability and a flow and an understanding that we have a responsibility. To community, and we have to have laws and agreements that can sustain this. And yeah. if you're building a new community, if we're tearing down the old thing and we're building a new community, here's the new laws, here's the new agreements. There's always agreements with Aquarius because of that, yeah. fix, you know, nature and people forget that. But I'm saying all this to say right now, it seems like modern activism and words like activist, movement, all these things that in the past made sense have been watered down or misapplied now. If we look back in the past, we can talk about suffrage movement, we can talk about civil rights movement, we can talk about black arts movement, we can talk about all these things, but then now our movements, whether it's race like black lives matter movement or whether it's body positivity movement, these things have been disconnected from the communities that they are meant to serve and uplift because of the ways in which we're still centering celebrity. This one person is going to be the person to be the face, or these couple of people are going to be the face. And then that takes away the agency from people who are in the communities who are being affected by these issues to really, you know, have their work that they're doing for the community to be recognized. And I don't mean this be recognized like in an accolades way. I mean, be recognized because those people have solutions that can help us. Mm-hmm. And we, there is um, an astrologer that I like, um, Saltwater Stars, Ari, some of you all may know them. And they had shared a tweet about a while ago, a couple of months ago, about how a lot of the people that are just doing the work on the, uh, the topics that you're so passionate about or you claim people aren't working on are actually working hard on those things in their communities on the ground. You just don't know them because you're just not getting the credit, right? And so that's something that I'm thinking about when we're talking about Saturn and we're talking about beloved community, it's the responsibility of everyone. It is collective responsibility. That's what Saturn in Aquarius is, right? Not just this one person, this celebrity, or this particular politician, it is all of us understanding that we have a role to play in sustaining life here on earth, in sustaining our communities and the places in which we live. And we have to come up with those agreements and come up with those things that sustain us together. So that's what I think about when I'm thinking about Saturn and Aquarius and what a beloved community could really look like. It's right. not always easy. And if those qualitative, qualitative and quantitative changes require work. It requires like, in a, you know, what people associate with Aquarius energy, kind of like um, an unpredictability, like being openness to new things and having the old way of doing things kind of like, you know, reformed or completely torn away so that you can have a more holistic kind of perspective. I think about air being the last earth air sign, Aquarius being the last air sign, it's like, okay, you have all the information, you have, like, this fuller picture now that bird's eye view that ties everything together, and here's how you can apply it to make changes that will help you.
0: Yeah. And I think to what you were saying, again, it makes me think about the analogy I gave about, like, the, the nervous system, because, like, we also can associate Aquarius with, like, it's it's the people and the um the people and the groups that exist on not all necess- use the, on the fringes of society right in the best and the worst way right we can see that very clearly right now um, politically in the united states at least um and, and so like a piece of that is like related to like decentralizing so like back at, in valent on, on valentine's day venus was in um aquarius and i had sent out this article talking about like love is for us and like love is for everyone. And like, if love is for us and love is for everyone, how the way that we have to define love has to be not centering one person or one facet of people's identity, but some of the things that exist, I'll use the word, you know, in the margins of society to help us shape and understand um, what community can mean, what it means to love and be in relationship one another. And I use the word love expansively, not just to, to talk about romantic love. And I'll, I'll, I mean that for the entire episode. Um, but like like you said, the 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 grandmother that's cooking food. Um, and I think to go back to what you were saying about the social change ecosystem of, of Deepa Ayer, um, on her Instagram page, she actually is doing a series in which she is literally breaking down with you know, different people who do work in their communities. Like if you're in the, the D.C. Um, metro area, you may be familiar with um, Rochelle, um, the folk healer. They um, were um, featured, I think, last week, um, doing, talking about the healer archetype. So like, I would even encourage you to, listener to go and listen to go on that page. And, you know, this will be in the description box. And like, listen to some of these sessions and what people are saying. I think the great thing about, again, going back to like the nervous system and like all of these individual nerves um, and neurons that we all are, is that the social media allows us to see and have access to what people are doing on 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 a local level, right? And see who those people are in your area that are doing that work, whether it's through a mutual aid group that you're seeing, um you know those people are out there um and it, it is a matter of being able to seek um and find that but again going back to like this overall point about about Saturn <clears throat> and redefining activists I think one of the funny things is like I think what we see now like literally every single week we've learned something about somebody who has been postured or put on a pedestal for the information it is that they share about whether it be movement work, anti-racism work or whatever you know, marginalized identity that people are talking about. And we see how deeply imperfect these people are and how in lots of ways they're not equipped to, to lead um, or guide us in any particular um, direction. Or maybe there is a certain purpose that they have, but like you said, it's a collective responsibility. And so there should be a, a distribution a fair distribution, I'm not gonna say even because I think it, it varies, right? Based on what people have to offer and that's okay. Um, but a fair distribution of like how people are giving um, to a community and to a group and us needing to understand the the value of, of each of those roles, but also to keep us from becoming frustrated when we're putting all of this um, all of these expectations um, into a particular person to serve a a projected function, a a role that we projected um, onto them um, as well. Um, But I think there, you know, I know we're gonna kind of talk about cancel culture too. There also is um, the way that the word community is is so deeply misused um, when people are actually just talking about an audience that they have. Um, or when people are not necessarily willing to put in the work to actually build community and relate to one another, but want to still use this word community. Um, not a complete thought, but I'll, I'll stop there. because I'm pretty sure you have you have something to say.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I definitely agree with everything you said. <laughs>
0: And so I guess to kind of, we'll move on to, to talking about, because I, I, one of the things that I had just said was about um, the uh, local, uh, the localness of, of things It's not a, a good word, but whatever. Um, it, that makes me think about, and this is, since you talked about Ari, this is something that they said when we had that North node in Gemini, or the nodal um, uh, Little thing we last, did last year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the main things that we've, well, actually, let me backtrack because one of the things that you've said about Saturn and Aquarius that literally just echoes in my mind over and over and over again is about, you know, who holds the information has the power. Do you want to kind of speak to that a bit?
1: Yeah. Um who holds the information has the power Can go so many ways. Um, It can be like a physical thing. Like I was saying like earlier, like the kids who you know, their parents can't afford internet and now Xfinity has to do all this stuff to try and make sure that kids have internet and it was really challenging or whatever. Um, But they have made some progress in that, that that was also done through community organizing in and of itself of families coming together and being like, this is an issue that we're having and working with schools and bringing these different connections. But um, in terms of who has information, who the people who have the information, who they have the power, this also goes to education, um, you know, like schools and universities who are giving us information for whatever jobs we are in, whether that's mental health, whether that's engineering, whether that's medicine, whether that's business, all the knowledge that's being shared in, this, in these spaces are being shared by people in power, for the most part, who are white, cis men, people, right? And even if they're not, they've been raised or they've been educated in that way and they don't know another way. So even if that, though, they don't have those identities, they have that um, conditioning or they have that understanding of how things are run and they are not taught the um this aspect of education that is about asking questions not just receiving info right. and so to be inquisitive to question those who are giving you information is seen as an attack it's seen as you being irrational it's seen in a very um divisive kind of way rather than a communal collective collaborative with collaborative way which is what air is supposed to do which is what information right. knowledge is supposed to be. You're supposed to share it. You're supposed to converse about it. You're supposed to expand upon it. It's not a stagnant thing, but in our society it is. This is always this way. This old word always means this. And I think going back to what I was saying about the Age of Air being a reclamation of indigenous knowledge is us being open to the fact that there is more knowledge about ourselves and about our ancestors and about the way the world could be than those in power who are currently distributing knowledge have. And some of them do have it. They just don't want us to know about it, right? Right. And so they're using knowledge from our ancestors in some of our ways in their lives, but they are not letting other people know about this. And we can even say this about astrology. There are a lot of people who have a lot of power and they, they use astrologers or they go to an ether priestess or they go to a Hindu priestess or whatever and get divination done. and 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 get work done but they're not going to say that publicly right and that's science as well that's knowledge as well that's spiritual knowledge it all goes together so that's kind of what i'm thinking about and another thing this is reminding me of now that we're here i was talking about how this society and those in power and those who have knowledge to shape and tell you what you should be doing and what's considered normal and what you need to be doing yeah they tell you to pick yourself up by your bootstraps they tell you to be hyper individualist they tell you to compete they tell you to go out there and be productive and grind 24 7 blah 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 they're not doing that yeah they have groups aquarius that they consolidate with that they merge funds together with you know but only for them though (laughs) right the people the common people on the bottom can't
0: do that because if they get together then we won't have our stuff
1: so I also think about that element of it too.
0: Yeah, and it looks like back based on our notes, like some of the original things that you were talking about, it looks like the quote was, "If you have information, you have the authority." Um, you spoke about that specifically in relation to like the FBI, um, CIA, Pro, but also like conspiracy theories as as well, right? Like, I think that's the funny thing. Well, not the funny thing, the sad thing. We think about how this is like manifested more recently, you know, with like you know, in in our political realm, like we have like a QAnon person in, in our Congress, right? Because these this person was there, this type of thought was elevated and given a, a place to be regurgitated and seen as some sort of authority and is now able to wield some sort of authority. Um, it looks like some of the other things we also talked about were like, information can be violence um, as well. Um, and like how we, using what we know And what we know of people, right? Like people talk about um, uh, Aquarius as like the humanitarian, but I think we have to remember with both with I think uh, the last four signs, so Sag, um, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. Given the fact that they kind of they're all ruled by the same um, uh, planets, right? Jupiter and Saturn, and so they all have this relation to like societal constructs and like ways that we complexes
1: is what they have.
0: They have what? (laughs)
1: i said they have god complexes is what they have (laughs) yes
0: and so you have to you know it it makes i'll use this example you know like how we they talk about like the god of the bible is like a wrench is like a vengeful god right Mm -hmm. um and it's like but also we can see that god being very like life-giving and um deeply compassionate and loving and supporting and, and wanting us to you know both of that both it's, it's both sides of the same coin. And so I think when we're thinking about things like humanitarianism and empathy and like vision, you know, and in um, and authority, which are these words that we use to describe these signs, we have to remember that they can go both ways. People can use, like you said about like, you know, people seeing, you know, like a Eva Priestess in secret or doing the, the divination work and like having the knowledge of these systems using them for themselves or trying to keep them away from us you know what I mean it's it's important to be aware of that um one of the things um I think to kind of talk just to kind of continue to talk about Saturn for a second um so we're coming up on another Saturn um square to Uranus And like one of the things that I thought about, um, especially as we're talking about community and connecting with one another, um, is the book, um, The Parable of the Sower um, by Octavia E. Butler. um, And this idea of technology regression. And at first it was something that I'm like, oh, technology regression is something that's bad, right? But I think what, I, I, I and I say that in terms of like, You know, we've seen a lot of people and ideas being censored on the internet, especially when we're thinking about leftists, when we're thinking about sex workers, when we're thinking about, you know, there's a variety of different groups of people who their content um, is being shadow banned (laughs) and they're not able to kind of share and dispel information using these platforms, whether it be Instagram, Um, even TikTok, I think was taking down like lots of like pro-Palestine content and things like that over the last couple of weeks um all the apps all the social media yeah all of them um i'm just kind of speaking to something that i saw people kind of talking about but like technology regression you know in a state in which like one technology is being used to surveil us but also control what narratives we have access to and also ultimately our ability to to have generative conversations with one another like I think a really large part of like what you were saying about this kind of like all or nothing thinking um, that pervades not just um, society but also even in like movement work too sometimes Um, is because we're, we're all kind of in this like mind frame of like, there's one way to do things, right? And like, we have to do it like this. And if we don't do it like this, we don't care about each other. And it's like, whoa, like chill. Like, that's just not, that's just not the reality. Like, let's talk about this before we make these assumptions about how much we do or do not care about each other. especially if we've chosen to be in community with each other. But I think to this point of like technology regression, like going back to what are some of the tried and true ways of connecting with people in which we don't have to um rely on an authority right given a platform or whatever it may be to control and police the type of conversations that we're trying to have with each other um i spoke with ember small about this like a couple months ago and one of the things that they talked about was like maybe we need to go back to like you know print you know and sharing things through print you know one of there's a um I know I've done work in the past with like Tarot Manifest through Taxonomy Press, which is like a Rizograph um, group, company thing, um, in which like, you know, using a Rizograph is a very like grassroots way of like dispelling and sharing information with one another, right? So like technology regression can also be, you know, not necessarily looking to, um, not necessarily like, just like, oh, we can't use this social media platform, but like what other ways of connecting with each other, but also going back to what you were saying about how you were defining technology earlier is like the indigenous technology reclamation um, as well. But also I think in a sense, being able to redefine what technology means outside of the very rigid boundaries in which it's been defined now. the other piece that I wanted to say about Saturn Square Uranus, like one of the things that I thought about with this aspect, I think the next one is coming up on either the twelfth or the thirteenth, is the book "Things Fall Apart." Um, one of my uh, favorite books that started yeah. me on my
1: journey when I was yeah
0: there with African spirituality. <laughs> yeah. and what was the, the the name of the author? I don't want to say it. Um, his name. Chinua Achebe. Yes, and so he's a Nigerian author, and so the ancestor now may his soul rest in peace. Yes. Um, and so the, um, the book is about, you know, Okonkwo, who is a a famous wrestler in his village in Nigeria. He's eventually exiled from his village. And then he comes back, um, to see that his village has shifted and changed because European missionaries, colonizers have (laughs) now arrived in the village, right. And are now Mm -hmm. shifting the way that the cultural dynamic exists within it. And so I, I think about that in relation to like, us coming out on the other end of that, right? So like Saturn being this space in which we're like, okay, now that we know like there's a certain way that we have to navigate and build community given the impact of like colonization and all of these systems on the way in which we've acted and, and lived in relationship to one another. And we know that this isn't right. And we know that this isn't sustainable. So we're shifting and we're changing that. But as we're changing that, seeing the way that we, presently value things or that the present the way we presently experience comfort has to quickly and will quickly unravel as we test and build that, right? It's it's to me in real time showing that like when we're committing to, you know, the building of the beloved community, the the current way is going to unravel. And like having to experience the, you know, it's a square. So the, the tension and the discomfort of that, right? Is, is one of the things that, that I think about um, when I think about this Saturn square um, Uranus that we're experiencing this year.
1: Yeah. Um, I also wanna to touch about on comfort and um, the Taurus, the relationship between Taurus and Aquarius. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ideally what this relationship is about, if, if you work through the tensions of the square of towards mm-hmm. wanting comfort and to have leisure and um, Aquarius being, you know, very abrupt, bringing new changes that are may not be comfortable for you because it's new innovations, things that you may not be familiar with, right? Ideally, technolo- technological advancements serve Taurus's, Venus's need for leisure and comfort because with whether it's tractors, computers, calculators, these things make work go faster yeah. so that you'll have more time to rest now. Oh, I don't have yeah. to spend as much time in the field because we have the tractor, we have the whatever the thing is, right? So now I can just spend more time doing the Taurus thing, right? So the mm. Aquarius energy is the technology and the advancement is supposed to um, help the Taurus energy in that way. Right. Now, I'm seeing with this square and Uranus being in, in a place in a Taurus, Taurus, the sign of Taurus rather than in Aquarius, mm-hmm. we kind of have to go the other way. Then it's now considered innovative and radical and different to rest, to mm. believe that comfort is possible for you, right? Mm-hmm. So, that's the kind of flip that I'm seeing with this square. And it's also showing that the type of changes that we need are going to take time, but yeah. that doesn't mean that we don't work on them or we just, you know, sleep all the time and never do anything. We allow mm-hmm. the sleep and the rest to recharge us so we can do the work, but we need to begin the work now. And yeah. we need to begin that work through our relationship with nature mm-hmm. and land and revering the nature in the land and seeing that as an opportunity for communication. I talked about this in my IG live recently about, um, Taurus, the, the side real and tropical relationship between Taurus and Gemini, Gemini being information and education. It's like the first sign mm-hmm. that deals with that and learning and how, from an indigenous perspective nature is the first sight, one of the first sites of learning of gathering information yeah. about what's going on energetically and about life in general this is why the elements in the orisha is so centered this is why um animals are so centered in indigenous um societies and you see people naming their children after elements or naming their children after animals and all these types of things and it was even yeah. in um you know, even in in Europe, indigenously, why are some people's last name Hill or Waters or whatever? Because that's where they were born or that their family was born or connected to hills or their family is seated or connected to by a river or whatever they were, whatever nature body they lived by, right? So Mm. to me, revolution, the, energy of revolution that we're seeing with uranus is going to take that taurus flavor of um slow and steady bends the race but being consistent Mm. right being consistent in what you're moving towards and allowing um your connection to nature to heal and sustain you through that allowing rest to heal and sustain you through that and something that you and i had talked about in in insta dm you were talking about you know Taurus's relationship to the body again There's like people Mm -hmm. talk about it, the moon being exalted in Taurus. We're not going to go there because you know how I feel about (laughs) exaltation (laughs) and fall and all that. But it has a validity to it because the body keeps the score, right? And if Taurus Mm -hmm. is the first earth sign and we're having emotions going on, it's going to be seen in the body and we're going to have to tap into Taurus aromatherapy, sense, the five senses to Mm -hmm. tend to the emotional shifts that we are navigating in these intense times. There's a lot of death. There's a lot of um, environmental problems. There's these scary things that can make our bodies and our nervous systems get really shocked. But if we tap yeah. into that Taurus medicine of ta- um, healing with the land, healing with aromatherapy, healing with good food, then we can, um, you know, sustain our bodies to navigate these uh, challenging things that we're feeling
0: yeah you know it's it's funny that you say that about like good food there's this to both of the things that we've just been talking about for for people who um let me find this because this just came out the other day and I need to just remember what the name of it is High on Hog is a um documentary about African-American um food traditions um that came out on netflix the other day and then there's another documentary that i would encourage people to watch i think it's called from our grandmother's kitchens or from our grand from our mother's gardens or something like that hold on others oh i love the internet it's so great um in our mother's garden and of course, these both of these documentaries center African American, uh, or I would say African, dias- African diasporic um, uh, 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 traditions and, and culture. But I think there it, it's something that shows that there is like a, a richness to the way that our ancestors did mm-hmm. um, particular things, right? That I think we can we can overlook. Um, and, and I think also when you're talking about Uranus and Taurus as like, you know, the, the technology of the body and also like the technology of like nature, um, I'm just thinking about biomimicry. And of course, there have been so many books that have emerged that are related to this whole idea of biomimicry. Um, Alexis Pauline Gums has the book Undrowned, which talks about um, sea life and, and mammals. Um, and the lessons that we can learn from them. It's really funny because I, I just had a client who reached out to me a couple of days ago um, about getting a reading, and and she was like, oh, you know, there's like all of these flies were in my house, and like I immediately was like, okay, what is this fly trying to tell you? Right. <laughs> because like it's not just here, you know. We can keep it as simple as like, oh, there's flies in my house. It's like, no, there's there is wisdom there, and like lo and behold i found in in our session that that fly had some information um that definitely came through very clearly in in the reading in the session that we did so it's even simple things like that that we can use to right. you know th- there was a day where there were two um i don't know if anyone has seen those like giant like flies that look like a flying daddy long leg it's called like a crane fly there were multiple. Ones that had like came into my room really late at night. And that's so I was, what that's like, called.
1: Up- I saw one about a week ago. I was like, that looks like a spider, but it's not a spider. Yeah, it's what, not? What and not, and a
0: it's creepy, and they're <laughs> disgusting because like if you, they will detach their legs to like keep flying. I'm like, oh no 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 no, we're not playing that game. Um, and so like I was like up at like one o'clock in the morning, like swatting a broom <laughs> in my room to try to like kill them. Um, because you know, honestly, the time I'll try to carry an insect outside, but if it looks too freaky, I'm not about to do that. Like, you're not about to be in my space like that. <laughs> um, but you know, I looked it up, and it was talking about like, pay attention to your freaking body, pay attention to your body, pay attention to your body. Was like the messaging with this this with this fly. I'm just like, you know, it, th- there's so I, I just there's so much wisdom that we constantly overlook. And I feel like that it's, it's really funny, especially this this last year in readings. I've been really called to when people are asking about these like psycho-spiritual things that are happening in their lives, their guides will literally just be like, they need this flower. They need to go to sleep. They mm-hmm. need a routine. Mm-hmm. They need to clean their room. Like really. And, and we're just like, what, you know, you know, we, as, as people are just kind of like, what does that have to do with anything? And it's like, the the grounding that right. we find in our physical reality, the way that we shape and structure our physical reality is so deeply important to even make room for some of this technology and this wisdom and information mm-hmm. to come through and be clear to us. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's, so, yeah. I, I'm, I'm
1: getting with the, with pl- when we have a lot of these transits in the first three signs, Mm -hmm. and sometimes you can, there's ways where you can also include cancer in this, um, the first element of each sign. What you're dealing with, but I see it very strongly in the first three, is back to the basics. Mm. Do you have the basics? And we're seeing this Mm. with the Gemini transits, we're seeing this with the Taurus energy and inside real and in tropical with Uranus. It's like, do you have what you need to just, to even just exist? Because if you can't exist, you can't be wired and connected to the technology, like you're saying, right? You'll are you always be connected. You'll always have your higher self, your spirit guides, your ancestors, nature communicating to you. No one's gonna take away that connection. But what mm-hmm. I'm speaking to is if your body, your emotional, your physical body is not in a certain place, you won't be aware of the connection that's present that's always Mm -hmm. present and we have to go back to the basics of is this food healthy or is it filled with pesticides am i sleeping well at night you know um these kinds of things can really create big shifts and people overestimate it because we've been living too much like in those last four signs where at that level, sometimes things are made to seem like they're more complex than they actually are. Not just yeah. things aren't complex. Mm-hmm. I call people out all the time because they make things, they oversimplify stuff all the time. Right. People do that. But what I'm getting at here is in terms of our personal healing, it's important for us to go back to the basics. And I see Uranus and Taurus, and I see the nodes shifting us to spaces where stuff will get so extreme, you know, South Node and and um and Side Reel Scorpio. Um that and people will overdo so much, South Node and Tropical Satch, mm-hmm. that they'll just combust. And the only th- <laughs> voice is to go back to the basics, is to go yeah. back to nature, is to go back to what is my body telling me rather yeah. than what this huge complicated system of school or the media or whoever was telling me and actually listening and valuing the wisdom that your body your bodies your spiritual body your physical body all of these things are one thing for me by the way i'm just saying this for yeah (laughs) they communicate to you it can communicate to you so much wisdom it can communicate so many things And we're literally going through a transitional phase where the things that were feeding us information or telling us how things have to be are literally being ripped
0: away. They're dying. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, they're being collapsed. That's what the eclipses are doing.
0: Yeah. What you just said made me think about when you're talking about what what is our body telling us? I was thinking about like the TikTok (laughs) trend of like, remember the uh, Gorilla Glue lady? Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And how to like re- loop the clip, her saying, my hair, it don't move. Um, and like, we'll see like lots of black people with uh, coarser textured hair, you know, remixing that. Anyway, but uh, there's uh, this, this page, um, Colorism Healing by Dr. Um, Sarah L. Webb. And she uh, posted about like natural hair rules, quote unquote, that she doesn't follow. And, like, one of the things that she was talking about, she's like, my hair sticks up and, like, my hair just, my my edges don't lay. And those are things that I accept, you know, not to say that everybody has to be out here, you know, with unlaid edges, you know, to each their own, whatever it may be. But, like, I think, again, going back to, like, how complex, even, like, think about something like the natural hair world right where it's like oh you need to use this 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 and this and this and this on your hair and you need to make it look like this for it to be acceptable natural hair you know what i mean like all of these complexes that these systems build around things that are naturally pretty freaking simple hmm. you know what i mean yeah we all four
1: um, let's look sure. at what's going on with you see what you need to like somebody's hair and not to get technical on to fixate on this natural hair thing. Somebody's hair can look the same as yours on the outside, but on on the inside it's why it's, it's protons and it's everything is wired differently. It's Mm -hmm. put together differently. So even, you know, being like, Oh, I'm going to watch this person who looks like they have the same hair type as me internally. It's not the same as you. And there is a trial and error process that the first three signs I feel like go through a lot of like just figuring things out of like starting things and getting things going. That's very authentic to who you are and things that right. work for you. And that's kind of what I wanted to say there. Yeah.
0: And I would also, you know, and I, I, mentioned that because like, you know, I'm talking about, you know, hair, but like some of the things that people are learning and struggling with as these transits manifest in their chart are literally that simple, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, it, it's something like that Uh, and like an unlearning process can literally be related to something as a quote-unquote mundane as like what it is that you do with your hair you know what I mean and like I again like the idea of like things being complex and even how we like talk about healing (laughs) not that healing is easy but like it doesn't have to be this thing where you're like you have to trek up a mountain with a, a freaking rock strapped to your back crying for 70 days and 70 nights. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it could literally be something as simple as like you deciding to make a choice um, about your hair or like a relationship pattern. You know what I mean? Not to kind of get far off track, but like I, I think also what you said it, to me also speaks to the signs that oppose Aquarius and Taurus too. So Leo being able to remember who you individually are in relation to community. And also Scorpio remembering that even underneath the surface and the physical manifestation of things, there is depth and there are things that we cannot see that cannot be seen with the eye that are also important to, to explore and understand. Um, I think you have to, one of my favorite examples of like that existing for Scorpio is um, Mandelbrot, who discovered, quote unquote, um, fractals, you know, you look at the thing and you keep looking at the thing until you see the the patterns that exist and unravel within what it is that you superficially saw and have come into a deeper awareness of by searching and seeking and looking deeper. Um, yeah. Um, I know you started talking a bit about the nodes a bit and I, we had kind of started to to go into that conversation a bit. Um, I know one of the w- things that we've talked about this and I think we've had a lot of more recent conversations about um, is this idea of like words meaning things and how words structure structure um, uh, frame um, our reality, if you wanna kind of speak to that a, a little bit.
1: Yeah, um, I don't remember what I said in the last, what we did in the last part, in the first part about this, per- it, particularly if I touched on this or not, But Mm -hmm. some way that it's shown up recently for me in conversations I've been having with people recently is um, that people need to be able to define a topic that they're talking about. Mm. We talk about things, but we don't know what those words mean. And then we create assumptions, false assumptions based off of this, which then affects the reality. How we call things means something you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and this is something I've seen repeatedly, I'm just naming that this is the part of this conversation that's been coming up with people a lot recently. Mm-hmm. People are trying to rush on quote-unquote social media community to appear the most woke or to appear whatever they're, maybe it's not even woke, whatever it is that they feel like they want to be promoting. Yeah, And they don't really understand that concept. They have not done they have not taken the time to research that concept. They have not taken the time to research the lineage behind that concept. Mm-hmm. They are just, you know, creating narratives and justifying it with words that are not actually identified to the roots of that concept. Yeah. Um so if we're talking about racism and we're not clear on what racism even is and we think it's just prejudice if we're talking about and this is something that i'm even doing more myself we're talking about refining words the to a more specific degree what's actually happening to reflect the severity of something which i always do with racism but when it comes to um international things i tend to go a bit more general. And it's something I'm unlearning because when I was in international relations fields in the past, my undergraduate degrees in political science and international affairs uh, concentration, Mm -hmm. I was seen as too extreme for saying this. It's calling a thing a thing. Is the Palestinian-Israeli conflict a conflict or is it genocide, right? Mm -hmm. A conflict can be applied to anything. A conflict can be a fight. A conflict can be a are we going to go to Olive Garden or Taco Bell? I'm not Olive
0: Garden or Taco
1: Bell. <laughs> that, that's what is happening in that place, right? Let's call this thing a thing, right? And so that's what I get at with the whole words framing reality thing. You cannot fix a problem if you don't know what it is yeah. and if you don't know how severe it is.
0: Right. And then, of course, in our original conversation, we were talking about that in the context of the phrase like cancel culture and how, you know, it has become vastly distorted um, for what it originally meant um, and is now we've seen being taken to um, what, you know, people would in in the mainstream consider the the highest (laughs) uh, political stages, you know, um, and is being misused there, right? Like, there, there are tons of clips on, uh, you know, we even have Caitlyn Jenner talking about crushing, like, the woke mob and getting rid of cancel culture, whatever the, the fuck that means. Is that the one that's and- selling tequila? I get
1: confused with all the Jenners and the Kardashians or something. No,
0: that's, um, that's um, her daughter. Okay. Caitlyn Jenner is um, the, the, the mother um, of, of the Jenners. Um, or one of the mothers of the Jenners. Um, the, but yeah, like, and I think just to kind of go back to like what we were saying about like what cancel culture even was, right? Like that was something that was initially created by Black queer um, non-men to protect themselves and those in their communities um, from abusers who were continuously abusing people. And protected um, by society and by media in right. the state, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so... It, just to kind of, I'm just reading what you said, canceling was, cancelling was developed as a necessary practice to protect people from others who were deliberately wanted to harm them. We see the way justice systems often work in favor of abusers, leaving their victims vulnerable. Thus, canceling is a necessary thing to do um, sometimes. Um, is, is what you indicated. It's a life
1: or death situation. If someone's abusing you, if someone's sexually assaulting you, or someone's beating you up and bashing your head, and you can
0: die. Like, right. you have to cancel that
1: person. <laughs> like, yeah, <you> no? Know?
0: <laughs> right. But then also, I think when we're thinking about it in relation to like movement work, if people are spreading narratives that are completely antithetical to like the, the purpose of the work that you're doing, Mm-hmm. Or are moving in a way that is not, you know, it's like we, you know, it's like if we create a community where we decide that everyone has to wear blue every freaking day of the week. And then somebody, did, you know, first, I don't know, let's say there's some weird spiritual reason why we all have to wear blue every single day of the week to keep us spiritually protected. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody's like, well, I'm gonna wear red. And it's like, well, you, this is a stupid example, but like, it's like, well, you are messing with the, the integrity and the meaning right. behind why we chose to make this decision as a community, right. you know what I mean? And like, yeah. so that goes back to not just like, you know harm in terms of like somebody physically or harming someone right i was just speaking to the context within
1: which the 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 term stemmed from i'm not in no way reducing it to that i
0: I know you're not i'm I'm just to like add the the context for the sake of this this conversation Mm -hmm. right um but yeah and i think what you said something Ooh, this is actually a really good um Thing to talk about because and so we we both attended. Um, for for those who know, like uh, about um, Mercury's group, which is an a, a, a astrologi- an astrology anthology that's being created. They had um, an event series called Jupiter's Revenge this weekend, and um, this uh, uh, astrologer um, Max was talking specifically about Saturn and connecting Saturn to intimacy. And it's really funny that, you know, you know, we both saw that uh, specifically in relation to like Saturn being in its joy in the 12th house, right? And the 12th house being like this this place of isolation, but also being this place of like deep vulnerability, because it's where some of the like most unseen pieces of ourselves um, reside. Um, And so there being a level of like intimacy that Saturn has the ability to invite, which I think speaks to what we were saying earlier about community. But one of the things that you spoke about at our session was about the spirit of, uh, I think you read of this book um, called The Spirit of Intimacy, Ancient African Teachings in the Way of Relationships, um, is a book that you had read from. So I I would say that if you, in our notes, there's some information, if you wanna kind of go back to that, I think it's important to talk about what we're kind of framing Mm-hmm. What is the not necessarily the answer, but what are some of the things that people can do um in in community um with one another?
1: Yeah. So like I do think that from an indigenous African perspective, which is this book, The Ancient Ways of Intimacy Um in African uh, societies is written by the ancestors of Msusome. Um and the exact words of it, it's much longer title than that. Um, <laughs> the exact words are, The Spirit of Intimacy, Ancient African Teachings in the Ways of Relationships. That's the exact like title. And so I, I think people miss the connection sometimes between Venus and Saturn. And also, mm-hmm. miss the connection between Saturn and Aquarius. And I'm mm-hmm. saying this because these planets both deal with uh, relating, but also both deal with law. Mm-hmm. And yeah. law and agreement is what sustains relationship. It doesn't have to be the same one all the time, but being in communication and having agreements and learning what agreements need to be had. And when those are not met and why is why a lot of relationships fall apart. Now with like the Venus, you could say it's some more one-to-one relationship, which is, uh, or maybe a small group versus like with Aquarius, you're dealing with, you know, national, the international society of black astrologers or whatever it is. it's just like, there's hundreds of people here. There's thousands of people here. Right. And you have agreements that everyone is going to be doing. And so, um, there is a part of this book that speaks to relationship as ritual and Mm -hmm. that's basically what i was sharing in the last talk that we did Mm -hmm. because from an indigenous perspective everything is a relationship right you have a relationship to nature you have a relationship to your body. You have a relationship to um, information. You have a relationship to your friends. You have a relationship to animals. And all of that is part of community, an understanding of community, right? Um, and so, and this is also why I'll just, I'll just take just a little tangent here for a second, because it ties into how I see Capricorn and Saturn energy is intimacy. Mm-hmm. This is also why I challenge a lot of things in Astro. Um, that are that make things seem like they have to be a certain way always mm-hmm. in regards to especially you know, the exaltation, the fall, and the detriment because um I'm if I've been wiring myself to see things from an indigenous perspective, and then also I'm naturally a Libra, right? And then I'm also, I have Mercury conjunct my ascendant. And it's just like, air again, making threads, like we're going back to so you earlier, making wires, making connections. And when you see everything in from that way, it's hard to just write something off as Jupiter and Capricorn is fall. Jupiter doesn't like being here and Jupiter is challenged here. And, you know, because you then see the relationship that Jupiter can have with any sign. You then see the relationship that Venus can have with any sign. And so when I'm seeing um, this, uh, this connection between Saturn and Capricorn and energy and intimacy, there's a growth that happens from relationships, right? There's a growth that happens from taking the time to put in the work to sustain a connection with somebody both people grow in that, or if it's a group, everybody grows in that, right? And um, I just wanted to name that in terms of there's an intimacy aspect to Capricorn and Saturn energy that I feel like Jupiter and Cap folks, which we were kind of still um, uh, can be touching on sidereally when we're talking about certain shifts that have been happening and retrogrades and things that were happening last year versus um, around the conjunction time and all this is like underlying all of this. It Mm -hmm. is that there is an intimacy that comes from wanting to learn something, from wanting to master something, from wanting to improve with something. And that is a growth process too. And this mindset that we have around Jupiter, that progress is bigger and more. And it's mm. always accumulating more things or more knowledge or whatever, rather than going deep and being intimate with what's already available, I think is something yeah. to miss. And I think that um, that is something to just keep in mind when we're thinking about Saturn and, Cap, uh, and Cap's relationships to intimacy. And Venus yeah. is trying Saturn and Venus is about relationships, Right. And not Venus is trying Saturn, excuse me. I'm over here subconsciously talking about my own chart. I didn't even mean to say that. Venus is exalted. Saturn is exalted in Libra. (laughs) This is what I meant to say. Um, And Mm -hmm. so, um, and you can, I I kind of can validate this with um, Libra relating being the 10th house, the highest place of Capricorn, right? And then Aquarius which is also the other side sign is ruled by Saturn looks up to Libra ninth house, God, what, is, what is, who is your spiritual guide? Right.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so in this book where we're talking about relationship as ritual, and we're talking about air signs being bridges for spirit in the spirit mm-hmm. realm and the physical together, right. Hopping between worlds. Then Um, Relationships are a container for that. Relationships are a place where we can prevent certain mishaps by laying a foundational understanding that spirit is guiding the relationship, by seeing the relationship as a sacred learning opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't have to be like this elaborate thing where you have a million candles and all this type of stuff. That's kind of like how we've kind of been conditioned to see, you know, ritual, right? Right. Seven
0: different types of rose quartz and seven different types of incense and a shaman.
1: It's also it goes back to that it's bigger and more like in order for you to yeah. be spiritually right you need to have all these big grandiose things in order to connect to spirit and all this type of stuff. Right.
0: One thing just to keep it a buck you can low key just use regular rocks. Like that's also another thing is mm-hmm. like we've been conditioned to think like oh this is the this rock because it's blue it has more meaning than this rock that I walk by every freaking day that's right outside of my house like it's it's in the earth. Do you not do you think that it wouldn't have some sort of connection and residence that also can be used as a tool to heal you that's also kind of like the biggest you know for lack of a better word scam um <laughs> yeah spiritualness like you your tree is low-key just as powerful as this crystal you just spent mm-hmm. 200 freaking dollars on you know you can Yo, go outside hug or my... a tree outside your house you know
1: this oak tree across the street from me be getting me together
0: you know, I'd be
1: stressed out. I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna get out this bed, open the door, go look at that tree. And I feel the wind and I feel the leaves and I feel all this stuff coming yeah. into me. But again, clearing work has to be done for your body and your mind and your soul to be receptive to the awareness of that tree, to be receptive yeah. to the awareness of that crystal or whatever you were using, which mm-hmm. is also a part of ritual. Ritual does not start When you, you know, light the candle or when you put the Mm. talking stick in the middle of the circle for the community, it starts when you think about healing. When you think with your intention, what do you want to do? It starts with the prep that that preparation, you know, um, that takes place. Preparation is also part of it because your intention is like fueling that. And I just want to share some words that she says here. He said so human relationships when they begin to deepen they enter the canal of ritual One's closest relationships are constantly happening as ritual anything close anything intimate. Is impossible without a ritual space anything that brings people to express to one another. Something other than the normal day to day life and touches on the spiritual world and the ancestral world and therefore is a ritual event, so this also goes back to from an indigenous African perspective. And we're talking about relationships and identity. You're you, okay? But you're also your higher self, which has a lot of views from the past. If we're going to be from an indigenous African perspective, thinking about reincarnation, right? And also your past views in this life, right? Accumulation of learning from that. Then your ancestors. Then your soul family guides. Then the elemental guides that you may have, or the animal guides that you may have. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you are talking to someone or you have a disagreement with someone or you're trying to um, work through something, you're also working with all of that. Yes. You're working with their ancestors. You're working with their higher self. You're working with their past selves. You're working with their subconscious energy from the past and this life. You're working with their whatever animal totem is around them today. So, like, <laughs> all of this is being seen energetically. You may not be able mm-hmm. to physically name what answer is present with them or whatever it is, but you can, that energy is also there. And when we start seeing relationships as these deep, intimate layered spaces of all the energetic exchange that's happening, we can be open enough to not be so judgmental of people and understand that there's a bigger yeah. picture here and to center compassion and really learn about why a person wants something that they want. Why is this agreement for this relationship or this group or this community so important? Why does it mean so much to you? What experiences have shaped you to be so pressed about this thing? And how can I learn more about that? And how can you learn more about why I'm pressed about the things I'm pressed about and how can we grow together in that, that ability to, commit to that process is Saturnian.
0: Because yeah. Saturn is about commitment, you yeah. know? But it also sounds like you also did a really great summary of what I feel like this eclipse that we just experienced invited in. Um, I, I say that because like a really kind of core part of like the astrology of that particular chart um, was um, this T-square between the nodes, the sun and the moon um, to Jupiter and Pisces. And of course, when we're thinking about a T square, as I've told you all before, you know, to resolve the tension of the T square, you go to the sign um, of that modality that's not present, which is Virgo, um, right? Since we're talking about the mutable signs, and that literally speaks to what you were saying about like relationship as as a as a as a ritual. You know, some of the things that you listed or that were listed in the book are like the the dabbing of an essential oil, drinking tea, pouring libation, you know, t- taking deep breaths centering energy before a meeting, or even like you just said, like the recognition of the, the depth that exists in the relationship that is, you know, in a relationship, in any type of relationship that mm-hmm. we have with each other, all of those pieces are present, right? So it, it's really, you know, it's interesting when we're talking about like this process of like decolonizing, right? And, and mm-hmm. unsettling for those who are, are white, um, or, you know, there are other people who are settlers too that aren't just white not going to get into that, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's, though, so.
1: <laughs> because I don't know if we're, we're probably not thinking the same thing though, but the thing is that reminded me of calling a thing a thing and being clear about yes. things. And mm-hmm. there has been rhetoric around calling black people settlers, yes. um, for detours the Native Americans here. And I'm not with that. I'm not going to yes. go into it, but I just, you know, we be, we have to be more nuanced about these words. Yes
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, we were not thinking about the same thing, but you are absolutely right. Um, and and I think that also goes back to what you were just saying about everything that's present um in in a relationship in in relationship, you know, higher self guides, ancestors that are all co-creating and guiding this the this relationship. and like as the as the book says, um, being the driver of relationship mm-hmm. building um the it is like when we forget that and when we don't understand that we allow our trauma to be the place from which we speak from and that was another thing that I kind of spoke I don't know if I had spoke about it but I did write about it with like the great conjunction that we experience is um thinking about what our why is Mm-hmm. And like what brought us to into community, and why does it matter to you? I think often, seldom, I think the the manifestation of the way that movement work looks is because so many people lead from the place of their trauma. Um, unfortunately, I think you know, to a certain point that that works <laughs> for us and like getting some things done. But when we live in a state of not unlearning and reframing, healing, and also again, breaking free of these kind of constructs that have led us to these spaces and to mm-hmm. even have to step into these spaces the way we do that can dictate and distort the way that we navigate relationship with, with one another, right? Whether it's through disagreement with that we're having with each other, or we're overworking each other, or we're not taking a break, or we're not having a rest, right? Like you said, relationship to a thought relationship to our body relationship to a person, everything is a relationship, right? Um, Like uh, that is, I think one of the main ways that like the lack of attentiveness to what you just named um, manifests when we're in community with, with, with one another, or we're attempting to be. Um, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely important. And um, there was something on the tip of my tongue. Okay. The why, what is your why? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And these are very yeah,
0: North node.
1: Yeah, it's very North Node. It's very, it's very nodal. It's very Jupiterian and very Saturnian. I think the Mm why, and I say that because people often connect um, Saturnian energy with purpose in a way, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, like what is your purpose in the community? What is your reputation? What is your whatever, right? And Mm -hmm. then, or your cause, we're talking about the Aquarius, like what is, what causes are you for, right? And then Mm -hmm. there is the Jupiter part of the why, meaning what does this mean to you? Like thinking about the philosophical aspect of Jupiter, like this strikes your belief somehow. This means Mm -hmm. something to you somehow, right? Mm -hmm. And then I see the nodal stuff as like the vibrational undercurrent that can be guiding either of these at times. Um, Mm. And so- um, Could you you expand on that a little bit? huh about that okay so like yeah so like i talked about it a little bit in my node talk with aoa too but it's basically like the nodes we can't really see them you know they're kind of like these uh invisible kind of points you know Mm -hmm. and but they're still very connected to the sun and the moon and the earth relationship and especially with the moon which is the closest body to us So we have to be monitoring what's happening on that subconscious vibrational level, thinking about the moon being like the under, the hidden, the water elements in general, right? The waters is like this, what is the underlying vibrational kind of thing that is happening? And being that the moon that these nodes are connected to is pulling the water of the earth and literally pulling the earth, that's just a constant vibrational thing that's happening. So if we're only looking at what sign the moon is in today or what phase it's in, but we ignore its nodes, we're not getting a full picture of what's going on with us. And the nodes, because they're longer transit than you know, the moon sign that's there for two, two and a half days, right. give us a, a broader vibrational picture of what's happening. And so um. when I that, if somebody no matter what somebody's job is, right? No matter their job, their reputation, their um their title or whatever, whether they're doing their hobbies, whether they're with their family, whether they're at work, whether they're at whatever they're at, the nose represent the vibrational aspect of purpose to where this is an aspect of themselves that come out regardless of what hat they're wearing. It's like Mm -hmm. that underlying way in which you're just guided to act. And I say guided to because there is like, a pull of, you know, the whole uh, element of fate and ecliptic energy, which can be kind of extreme in pulling people into these situations. Mm -hmm. So whether you're at work, whether you're at family, whether you're with whoever, whatever sign your nodes are in, those topics are going to be brought up regardless of the hat, the space, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying you have to go do that as your job, or go do that as your whatever. It's like the underlying thing that's just there.
0: Yeah. That was... Thank you for getting it. Like, I like I have never heard the nodes described that way. And like, it just like, my mind just just kind of like exploded a little bit because that, that was very profound what, it, what you shared um, about how that connects to what I refer to as like the solely lunar relationship, right? But I mean, it's like you said, it's Earth connected too. Um, uh, I think one thing I want to bring up um, because one of the other transits that we had talked about in the original conversation that we had was Mars and Gemini. Um, and I want to bring up the questions that I had posed, uh, both in a newsletter, but also on my Instagram. I think they're still important questions for us to examine, especially as Mercury is retrograde in Gemini right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is a kind of larger, I don't, going back to like what you you were saying about like this larger, vibra, you know, vibrational theme that is like in the background that can't just be captured if we're just looking at what sign the moon is in. But also, I think it, it speaks to the entire, you know, we can kind of look at the luminaries as giving us like a a big picture, right, of mm-hmm. kind of what's going on. And then all of like the nuance of what is unraveling and unfolding um, on a macro, but also on a micro scale, it can be captured in, in the other planets too, right, um, in, in, in lots of different ways. So that being said, that makes me think about, like, all of these planets that we've been experiencing in in Gemini and kind of generally in the same degrees, right? Like, last summer, we had the Venus retrograde in Gemini. Um, then we had um, a, a Venus star point being activated in Gemini, a Venus star point. So basically... Venus only retrogrades in the same five signs, which I thought was wild. And it forms like a, in the shape that it moves through the, the sky, it creates like a pentagram. It's actually really dope. You should definitely Google it and look it up. Or let me, I'll put it in the description box. Um, and so that happened maybe what, like a couple weeks ago or like the week, the previous week or something like that. Um, and then uh, again, Mars is going through Gemini as well. Um, again, as Mercury going um, retrograde in Gemini too, um, in this same kind of, I guess, <laughs> liminal astrological space, we've been kind of like experiencing it. Um, this this idea of like words meaning things and how words structure and frame our reality and our whys and, our, and who we're connected to, what we're learning, what we're sharing. We've been examining it through all of these different lenses, right? And so with Mars and Gemini, the questions that I put is like, can you acknowledge when you are not equipped to have a nuanced conversation about something? Are you aware of how you are used as a tool to delegitimize needed conversations about the centering of the dominant culture? Can you suspend your desire to have a hot take? I wrote, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has them. Are you aware of when yours is not needed? And it's an opportunity to learn and listen, going back to what you were saying earlier about air not just being about talking (laughs) or having something to say. Um, And then also, are we advocating for thinking and curiosity or controversy and outrage? But also, I think to go back to this, uh, advocating for thinking or curiosity, where are we forcing people into realms of like objectivity and rationality? and uh discouraging thinking and curiosity um as a way as we're relating to each other as well um so i think all of these things that we've just kind of named are lots of the i think most not most simple i think most of some of the most reoccurring ways in which we we find and experience conflict with one another when we're trying to build um, community. And it was very interesting, uh, you know, but also, of course, as you said, sometimes things are very simple, <laughs> how we can mitigate some of those things by relying on these tools that we've been called to. Again, mm-hmm. like you're talking about this, you know, some of these themes existing in people's lives, regardless of whatever hats they wear, right? Like, I'm thinking about all my North Node in in Scorpio people, and all my North Node in Sag people, um, and how we you you're exploring your Your culture but you're also explaining divination you're exploring spirituality you're you know unraveling and deep seeking um, in things right like use those things like you have came into an understanding of those tools because they're things that we're supposed to be using right and they're things that can be brought to these spaces um not just for again individual use or you know doing a tarot reading to find out if your boyfriend is your soulmate but like they're truly things that can be used to to heal um and help you um mitigate relationships with people you know i had a falling out um with a friend um back in i think it was february we didn't talk for months (laughs) and like that I think that's also another thing where we're talking about um, Saturn and time there's this sense of urgency that emerges in white supremacy culture that we have to rid ourselves of because there's so much information that arrives in the stillness of not doing or maybe even not connecting um, so directly or not having this impulsive desire to resolve something immediately like sometimes things mm-hmm. need some mm-hmm. space you know what I mean and and it was really amazing because I going back to what you were saying about letting spirit be the driver of the relationship I have friends who are able to you know who, who practice the, all this woo woo stuff just as much as I am that were able to kind of put and in, bring into perspective that spirit is the driver and like that's a really big concept that I've been trying to uh, grow my relationship to over this last year um, when it comes to how my life is changing and unraveling um, and seeing uh, the amount of chaos <laughs> and conflict that emerges because I refuse to acknowledge that spirit is the driver. But like, also not to say that we never will have conflict with each other, but it, 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 it doesn't feel like a battle. It doesn't feel like this um, big kind of insurmountable thing when we understand and center that, right? And so allowing the space and time for, there were lots of messages and perspectives that I needed about this situation that didn't necessarily come up until maybe like a, a week before I spoke to her again, that I wouldn't have understood unless I one was able to reframe things and see spirit is the driver of this relationship. What is, what does that mean then? What is the why? Why is it that I show up in this relationship? And why is it important to me? Then allowing the the, the nuance perspective, the messages downloads to come through that would allow me to then re-enter a space in which we can work to to resolve whatever issues that were there. So like I say that to say that it works <laughs> and it's just true. And it's a way that we have to challenge ourselves mm-hmm. um when especially when we're doing doing movement work um with one another.
1: Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely true. And um, this, this idea of allowing spirit to be the driver of relationship and then allowing relationship to be the driver where you, you see reality also goes back to the indigenous understanding of relationship-centered everything, but also that spirit mm-hmm. centers everything. Yeah, Relationship, air already gets this, which I talked about. It's just that we've had distortions in our society that makes it seem like air is that intellect science stuff and you can't mix that with interconnectedness of spirit. And I'm naming this to say that going back to the point about what is your why, I wanted to make this point earlier, but it, it slipped my mind. Mm-hmm. When we're thinking about um, why we're building a community or why we're in a community or why we're doing a certain job or any of those things, we have to look at that Saturn and Jupiter stuff and the, and the nodal stuff, which I talked about. But I wanted to talk more about the Jupiter aspect of it Okay. Um, because I feel like the Saturn is like, can be at least on the Capricorn time is like the practical, it's Saturn is like the practical stuff. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what will you actually be doing? What will be your role, the, the service that you're doing or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that you've mastered blah, blah, blah. And then the Aquarius is like, what is the cause? What area is this? Are you, um, is your activism based on food justice is your activism based on helping to sexual assault survivors heal or what, you know, it's like the practical stuff of like what is happening. Um, And then the Jupiter is that, what does this mean to you? Philosophically, how is this aligning with what you believe about the world? And I want to touch on um, that because it's something that's always been important to me because I have SAGE placements and I have Jupiter in domicile in SAGE. And then I also have my um, my Mars also um, co-present there. And there was um, the, the keynote speaker at NORWAC, um which I had the pleasure of attending this weekend. I was a um, scholarship recipient. His name is Ricky Williams. And um, he's a former football player. And then he started getting into Ayurveda and astrology. And now he's, you know, developing an astrology app. But something that he spoke to as somebody, he has this ninth house Sag archetype going, but kind of flipped in a way. And I think it's balanced. I think Mercury and Sag and Mercury and and Jupiter go together. He has a ninth house, um, Jupiter and Gemini. And he has a sun in the ninth house too. And he was talking about the importance of belief systems and how belief systems frame your work. Mm -hmm. Whatever work you're doing for the community, whatever work you're doing from your job, it is your belief system and it is your religion and not religion in the way that we think about it. Am I a Christian? Am I a Muslim? Blah, blah, blah. Religion is just simply that which binds you looking at the Mm -hmm. etymology. What is, what do you believe in so heavily? Like what is something that, just sits in you philosophically and frames your meaning for your life. And he talked about the um, nine house energy and that, that energy of living out the practice of what you believe in. Right. And so when you're with community, when you're thinking about joining a community, that's something that I personally believe is important. I think it has to do with my sag placements possibly And we were in ISPA, I don't know if you were in this ISPA talk with the International Society of Black Astrologers. We have these Facebook, um, we have the Facebook group that you can look up and you can join it. And we would have these free minglers from time to time. And one of them was like, well, one of the questions that was posed was what is going to, what is going to make you join an astrological organization community, like a formalized board community of astrologers? What do you need in order to want to join, to be a member of this community? And that was what I had named back then. And so to see this speaker um, bring this up again in the context of astrological work and the fact that people Mm -hmm. aren't in touch with their own belief systems, they aren't in touch with their inner religion, they aren't in touch with their inner philosophical, why? And then they're not seeing how their belief systems are being projected onto their work. And can, it can mm-hmm. actually create a kind of dogmatic approach to how their astrology is done or how their right. work is done if you're not an astrologer, whatever that is. And you need to be aware of what your belief systems are and explore your philosophical why, explore your inner religion and let that build your and strengthen your work rather than yeah. limit it. And yeah. I think that the South Node is something that is coming into play with this energy of community, because if you don't know your why in that sense, you'll be out here. Doing whatever cause you're doing, but you don't have a phys- philosophical or moral value set framework to justify that or to guide that. you know so I think that's an important thing for people to consider when they are trying to be in communities for whatever it is. Like I brought up astrology because we're both astrologers, we're talking about astrology, but it can be whatever work or community you're trying to join. What are your philosophical? values and your why in that sense what are your belief systems what do you believe about the world deeply what is something that you a belief that you are bound to but in a healthy way that guides and provides illumination for your life and the meaning that you find in life
0: yeah beautifully said um and like as you know i have jupiter on the ascendant um and in you saying that, I feel like one of the things that I experienced, even up until last year, when it comes to, you know, I'm an astrologer, but I've also done lots of other things too, right? Um, like, yeah, I still have a day job. Um, and I used to do a lot of like nonprofit profit work, um, but it was working for a lot of organizations that had this very like white saviorist um, viewpoint and structure that was completely opposite of <laughs> what my core value belief system was at least intellectually and I think that's another thing to point out and this is also why I was talking about like what brings you to movement and talked about trauma um, trauma as well as indoctrination into white supremacy mm-hmm. cis heteronormativity all of those things right like all of those things also shape your beliefs and so like right. one of the things that I talked about in my story is like you know, the other day I was at work and this woman has emailed me because I work in higher ed now and very um, Jupiterian thing. Um, and she was asking if she should put her nannying experience on her application. And like a voice in my head was like, no, <laughs> like that's not a valid form of work that's valuable for this particular field. You know what I mean? Or or whatever I don't even, the thing is, I can't even tell you what the entire why of that belief system or that belief that emerged in my mind, um, even patriarchy that says
1: that childcare is not important.
0: Right, yes, but you know, (laughs) the, the other nuances of that, right? But like, and I just like stopped and I was like, whoa, like, you know, I would argue that I'm a pretty, I'll use the word woke very loosely right now, woke person. So like, even I, as someone who is constantly in a state of unlearning things um, I'm like kind of hardwired to believe um, particular things, and so I think that's where this like e- examination of self um, that you kind of spoke to when you were kind of beginning to talk about when you start first started talking about Jupiter is in, is incredibly important because we will kind of come to understand that some of the things that we believe have literally fucking nothing to do with anything, <laughs> and like and it will push us and move us to try to organize, to try to work, um, to try to build with people that don't have the same value or belief system with us. And I think that's also another problem that I think lots of people um, are experiencing. Um, You know, on Decolonize Unconference, they said, like, uh, there was a post that was like, not everyone is supposed to be your community. So, like, there's also, like, that discerning, that discernment Mm -hmm. that we miss out on. Um, when we don't do that examination, you know, right. I've, I've worked in partnerships with people in spaces that have been deeply um, anti-Black. I've worked with people who have just the most, the most disgusting things to say about issues that I care about. And I'm just like, whoa, you were someone that I was trying to co-create with. And so there was this point in which I'm like, I need to examine what's going on in me. That's even leading me to believe that this is a person in a space that is even worth trying to build community with, right? Because Mm -hmm. I feel like while sometimes people are imperfect and sometimes people will make mistakes, I think also what comes with the belief system, I know we don't necessarily talk about Jupiter in relation to boundaries, but I think the beliefs, you know, think about Jupiter is followed by Saturn, right? The belief system that we have helps us inform the boundaries that we need to set within ourselves and outside of ourselves when we're figuring out what type of communities that we wanna be a part of and the way that we're building community, right? There are just certain things that I don't wanna deal with or anyone doesn't wanna deal with for that matter that we can't have an idea of if we're not examining, identifying, naming, and then in in an embodied way, moving towards and making decisions in relation to those belief systems you know that religion within us um so yeah that, that was my my thought about that um were there any other thoughts that you have
1: <laughs> um i just want to echo with this in terms of me uh uh in light of the event we mentioned earlier the jupiter's revenge event that we had Mm-hmm. How they frame Jupiter as an opportunity mm-hmm. for asking about reparations. Yeah. Um, and just sharing also sharing of resources and sharing of knowledge. And Jupiter is a very generous planet. It deals yeah. with charity and giving back. Um, and I want to bring up a point that was shared there. By EY Washington, somebody who is on the Mercury's Brew team, and they said they said a lot of great things. Where they said <laughs> um, we're allowed to be martial about our care, mm-hmm. and that really struck me
0: because the Mars and Cancer too. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I think they might go by they. I don't remember, but um, they said. They talked about that and it really struck me in terms of when I'm in spaces or organizations and I've joined communities, my discernment has always been martial and tied to that sag, again, because I have my sag there about, okay, Mm -hmm. what is the worldview? What are the philosophical values? What do these people believe in? What meaning are they finding in their work and why? Mm -hmm. And being a marshal about care in any community at a professional level, I think is important for marginalized people when they're thinking about joining a community.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and this does not, you know, have to look like you fighting white people or fighting whatever mm-hmm. oppressing in, in that space Thanks. and feeling like you have to force yourself to educate them. Um, however, I do think that at the same token, I'm and I'm one of these people that going back to dis- being discerning, because I have Virgo energy about what communities I'm gonna be in, and then that that Sag energy too of like, is it aligned with the philosophical values that I, I have? Um I have only ever been in black organizations or multicultural organizations. So meaning if there they they were white people there, it wasn't white people running the show, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know? And so it, because of that, I don't, I seldom I'm in situations where I have to educate a white person about it, anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm not and I'm not shunning people who do that because there are some people whose job it is to do anti-racism work for white people and I applaud them, but I encourage you to get paid for it. But I, I do want to name that whenever I'm in a situation where racism is happening directly in front of me, whether that happens to be a class, whether that's in an engagement on Twitter with someone who's talking with somebody or somebody who I'm close with, or whether that's at an event that I happen to be at somewhere, you know, there is a way in which you, in order to protect, to be martial about who you are and your community is in those spaces, to call out those types of racist things that are occurring. Right. And I feel like there are times, at least that I've noticed, um, I've noticed it everywhere, but I've it's been kind of concerning for me in the astro community in certain spaces where people conflate activism with certain things and they think, okay, that's not my burden to bear or it's not my job Mm -hmm. to do this. But I just feel like if you're a marginalized person and you want to help your marginalized community, if any racial tension is unfolding in an area that you have space in and in an event that you're at in a class that you're in by a teacher who is using their projections about your people to enforce their scholarship, that needs to be corrected. Right. And that's martial care, because you are being assertive about the fact that this is not accurate about your community and that this person in power who is spreading this information, this teacher, the speaker, whoever, should not be spreading that information to the, the people who are coming to learn about this field that you value so much or you also want to be in that community you want to be in that right. field you care about it. So when I'm talking when I when I hear that that phrase about Marshall and care I just wanted to apply it to community in that way because that's something that I noticed that I think people should be more wary of. You don't need to be titled an activist or have to have gone through a couple of protests mm-hmm. to call out your teacher being racist to somebody in class or to support someone. If you don't feel comfortable because you are introverted person or whatever the case is. And I don't even think, I don't like when people conflate introverted and shy. I'm introverted, but I am not shy at all. We know. shy, That's okay. You don't have the word, or even if you're not shy, but you don't know how to go about it, but you see someone else doing that support that person. Because it takes courage, again, going to Mars, courage, to speak up and address that. And when a marginalized person has to do all of that by themselves in a space, the isolation and pain that can come creates a descent from community. Mm. And we have to look out for each other. Yeah. So I just wanted to, to name that.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful note to, to kind of transition into to ending, Um this. Um, Thank you so much, Almina, for all of your amazing insights that you've shared. And there are so many gems that I think um, we've both explored uh, together. And of course, all of the resources that we've mentioned um, throughout this talk will be mentioned, will be in the description box of this. Um, But how can people get in touch with um, and connected to your work um, what are your offerings at this time, social media handles, projects you're working on, et cetera, et cetera. Like let people know.
1: Um I will put that, but I, I wanna say something briefly before we end yes. because a lot For of sure. what we talk what we planned about talking about, we did not talk about. Okay. Which is just <laughs> the way our, long, our nonlinear but linear natures are. We both have yeah. Virgo energy, but then also have Pisces, 12 house shit. Well, I have 12 house shit, but I also have we we both have a Virgo moon, Pisces, Saturn opposition. Yeah. So we want to be linear and we want to plan and we want to be orderly and then we get on here and just do whatever. (laughs) So (laughs) something that we planned on talking about but we did not talk about Mm -hmm. and we touched on it but not in the way that we had talked about in our plan of getting here. I
0: knew it was something.
1: This concept of celebrity. Right? And about people expecting and this is not going to take me long to to say because i know we've been going on for a while but at the end of the day honestly if we're going to be real this age of air is learning that there's a lot of information and sometimes there's going to be long conversations yeah and if you are going to be committed to doing this work it's going to take learning and it's going to take a lot of reading or listening to podcasts or watching things or writing and journaling about things so if we go, uh, you know, a little more minutes over, it is what it is. I'm going to yeah, get this message yeah. out there like the Mercury conjunct descendant I am instead of, you know, <laughs> into my Mercury conjunct descendant conjunct Chiron wound of being shunned when I speak up about certain things. Um, So the whole reason why we even wanted to have this thing was stemming from people misusing cancel culture, people with privilege using it to excuse their abuse and harm of people, right? Rather than using it within the context within which was created to protect people from uh, harm, right?
0: Yeah.
1: So now we have a flip where the people who are doing the harming are claiming that they're being um, canceled and they are, you know, really just whining and complaining about um, how people are just projecting things onto them rather than owning the reality about the harm that they cause and continue to cause, right? So I wanted to name that. And I also wanted to name something that has happened with the celebrity and with the activist movement with BLM, right? What, it's, what was going on with that, right? we, I remember back when I was at Howard and in high school and all of this stuff was like starting to get going, I would talk with my peers and our professors would ask us, you know, what do you think about the BLM movement? Where's it going? What are the strengths and its weaknesses? And I remember in one particular class discussion, I had said that I think the BLM movement will be, um, it does have a weakness in that it's not as centralized And there isn't like a national base and you just have like local people doing whatever they're doing. But that's also empowering because that means it's a people's movement. Anybody Black can be in it and help in any way. And it doesn't provide this over-reliance on this one leader who's going to be this person that will tell us to make all these moves in our unique communities and cities that they're not from and all these other dynamics, right? Right. Yeah. And at that time, there was three women that were kind of spearheading the movement, but they were putting out this narrative that this is the people's movement, it's not ours. You know, like, you, everybody can help and do things from where they are, right? Yeah. And again, there's no nationalized, centralized thing, which is what people need to understand is that BLM chapters differ from um, state and city, and they, they're not unified in, in any way, other than that they all believe that Black lives do matter, right? And so what we Mm -hmm. saw unfold over time is the three women, they were also queer women, that were involved in kind of spearheading this, their relationships kind of started falling off. And then we ended up having one leader, Patrice Cullors, who has been in a lot of the news lately, right? So just seeing Mm -hmm. the unfold.
0: People mad that she's buying a house,
1: Think, um, oh, A couple of houses <laughs> Oh, well, well, okay. yeah. <laughs> so A couple of Yeah it was anyway but that's not even This is what I'm trying to get at The point is that What I saw in the movement Has changed Into what we Feared or what we had said as a problem Earlier in this conversation About oh. fixation on celebrity And then people Sometimes when they are in these roles They get to a certain place where that celebrity image that they've created sometimes gets more important than the work. So I'm not saying activists don't deserve big houses or money or comfort and all those things. However, if you've gotten that money on the backs of Black women who lost their children to police brutality, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and you're not fair to those women, they're not getting the support they need they're being cut out from meetings, they're being cut out from various conversations, and you're being the one centered, that becomes a problem. And I wanted to use that as an example, not to cancel Patrice Colors. I don't cancel black people. Cause I believe we're all family and I think I always have I feel like just because somebody makes them a misstep, it does not mean that they're disposable. Um And it does not mean that they, when they were starting this work, they didn't work hard and that they didn't, um, you know, they didn't have their heart in the right place and all that. But I wanted to name that because there are people who have gotten to a space where they are known as leaders, they are known as activisms, whatever. But in that position of celebrity, they have changed their relationship to the work over time that has shifted. Mm from what the original movement work was supposed to do or what they were actually supposed to do with the communities, they were supposed to help. And she's not the only person that this has happened with their their figures. We don't have time to sit here and I'm not gonna make this a name drop thing. But, um, and if you've seen my social media, you've probably seen who I'm talking about. But the point is that we can also see this with artists, but in a different way, who are celebrities, but in a different way. Mm -hmm and with this Palestine-Israel mm-hmm. uh, genocide, the genocide that's going on in Palestine, um, there's this debate about whether these artists or these celebrities should be talking about it or not. And that they're not smart enough. <laughs> and I'm laughing, but I, it's not funny. It's not funny. Um, and we've seen a series of celebrities and a series of corporations and companies as well. People were naming different companies and different organ corps who have um, economic ties to Israel and to people in Israel. And they have been the ones who are either coming out, putting statements in support of Israel, or they're coming out doing the both sides thing as if, the, the there isn't a genocide happening as if israel is not in the wrong and they're not able to call out israel and there's this thing of they're they're not smart enough they're not activists they're not whatever and if we are looking about saturn and aquarius as community and if we are looking at the indigenous perspective of community being a, a, a centered value and relationships being a centered value um Everybody has a role and everyone has a collective responsibility, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you don't need a degree in politics. You don't need 10 years of activism, protest experience to recognize right. what genocide is going on. You don't. Exactly. you don't. We also have to look at when it comes to our artists and celebrities, are yeah. they supporting abusers? Yeah. Are they supporting you know, sexual assault abusers. Are they supporting pedophiles? Are they supporting domestic abusers? Even people who provide, who do economic harm, you know, abroad in their companies where children are dying in mines, mining powder for makeup that we use here. It's it's for wherever we're using it. So like there's all these different makeup brands that we get. I'm not saying Sephora as the store. I'm talking about individual makeup brands within the store, right? Um, But my point is that People get excited when a new artist makes music. And I think people know who I'm talking about here because she made music recently and all people got all these memories about her. And yeah. it's like, well, what is their relationship that they're having with these abusers? Right. Yeah. And the things that they're defending and not calling out, how is somebody supposed to listen to that music and feel safe knowing that especially if they're a survivor, right? Yeah. So when we are looking at these artists, it's not about canceling them or saying that they are supposed to be these perfect people all the time and they can't be redeemed. But it's also just about like genuine, basic, decent compassion and care about community yeah. and about harm and just being able to recognize when that's happening and not being comfortable with that, Right. And if you've made these mistakes in your past, whether you're a celebrity or you're a common person, anyone can change. Anyone can change. But until you do that, maybe some people will cancel you to protect themselves, right? Maybe some people will cancel these people. And I'm not just talking about celebrities. Anyone in the community that has done some type of harm but is still recognized as a public figure by other people who don't know what they've done. People who do know what they've done for their own safety and protection, whether it's a racist issue, whether it's sexual assault, they may feel like they need to distance that person and it's necessary for their own protection and sanity. And I think that that's something people need to remember. And I'm going to put it at the end there, but I needed to get that in because we had talked about Mm -hmm. this. Oh, and one last Mm -hmm. thing, the Black Arts Movement. That's what I wanted to say. That was in the 60s and 70s. Oh, yeah. And how artists are supposed to be used to create change. Also, from an Indigenous African perspective, um, Maladoma Patrice-Some, he was writing about the role of the artist in an Indigenous African society is to be a portal for spirit. Not necessarily that they Mm. may be doing readings for people all the time, but that they are, through their art, through their song, through their sculpture, vibrationally carrying in messages that the, the community needs to hear. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and sometimes it's a fun yeah. message and sometimes it's not.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, in all honesty, I think it would be cool, <clears throat> especially as we're going through this, like Jupiter and Pisces transit at some time to like revisit like the black arts movement. Um, in terms of like what was happening historically at that time. And some of the people mm-hmm. that had emerged through that, you know, I, like the person I, I quoted Tony K. Brambara, um in the last episode about Jupiter and Pisces and she was a very pivotal um, figure in the Black arts movement, um, as well as so many other people. So I think it would be great to like explore that um, at another time. And I'm happy you kind of brought that up in the role of the artist, because I think that that captures that space between like Jupiter and Aquarius that we're kind of experiencing mm-hmm. right now um, in a in a really nice way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess at this point, we're, we're going to close this out um and so i guess now you can kind of share your information about what you're doing and how people can get in contact with you and and view your work
1: um yeah so um if people want to contact me um they can email me at mulema m u l m a alchemy at gmail.com no space and um I also have Instagram, Malema underscore alchemy and then my Twitter is um Chiron Mommy at heart 21 mind. It's really mummy. That's how we say it like where I'm from um mm-hmm. in Cameroon. But yeah, uh at heart 21 mind is my uh, Twitter and I also have my blogs um LinkedIn, Malema Alchemy dot wordpress.com. Mulema means heart in Bimbia, one of my mother's indigenous um, languages in Cameroon from the Bimbia people. And I think that moving from a hard space really guides what of what I do, and in terms of the uh, the seven basic chakras, we know there's more than seven, but I like the heart as being the median chakra, it's in the middle, it brings balance, and that's what I try to do with my Libra energy, to connect different people, and to help us connect with our heart space, so that's where the mulema aspect is coming in. Yeah.
0: And there's one other project that I that you need to talk about that you do too. Oh, yeah. That is deeply is related I, to the things we talk about. I am
1: very bad at introductions and listing all the things I do. Sometimes I feel like, That's am I being or whatever? Because if we have to list everything, <laughs> nah. Okay. I, I also, I don't think I mentioned earlier that I'm a budding medium. I don't think I mentioned that. But also no, Indigenous, did, but yes, Indigenous Mental Health Awareness Network International as a or- budding organization that's currently a volunteer one that I'm doing with my team it's acronym spelled like Imani and um it is really about destigmatizing indigenous psychologies and understanding that our spiritual scientific ancestors had ways of attending to issues and matters of the world and also the ad- ways to attending to our healing. And that indigenous healing is holistic healing. People have been throwing that term around, but they've been, it's been disconnected from its roots and distorted and all these other things. And we wanna lovingly reclaim that and let people lovingly reclaim the ways of their ancestors and also do research on how we can use indigenous technologies, intuition, connection with nature, um, ancestor work, even things like astrology we're working on, using astrology to help with mental health. Um, and so that's where what, what I'm doing, any money. I'm so happy you told me to mention that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Um, so again, thank you so much, Almina, um, for joining me today. And definitely this will not be the last time that we have a, a conversation. We we talk damn near every day <laughs> about astrology and so there's so many things kind of percolating in our minds so it'll be great to receive. Mm-hmm.
1: And one last thing I wanted to one yeah. last thing I wanted to mention about Imani you can find us at um on Instagram at indigenous mental health um and you can also at linktree you can find our linktree there at that same at i n di like indie and then genius like a genius mm-hmm. underscore mental health um we yeah. have resources i be in
0: the description
1: box. oh true true i forgot you're gonna put all that in there true okay fine then yeah mm-hmm. I-, I just wanted to name like there's resources available because that's a big like thing like i find with me with my gemini i um MC in um inside mm-hmm. real is like getting out those resources getting out that information yeah. and just yeah <laughs> there's lots of yeah. resources on there from our past events but also other orgs who have done work around mental health and marginalized communities that i feel like people can really benefit from
0: yeah exactly all righty well i thank you all for listening this week and we will talk soon